0: Three receivers to the right, the LSU rookie is one of them as B.B. goes in motion to the left. Third and four from the six empty backfield,
1: Bears rush four, Cousins, to the end zone! Touchdown!
2: Adam Thielen with a touchdown, he has two, and the Vikings have taken a 19-13 lead.
3: Welcome, Vikings fans, to the vikings.com postgame report. This is Chris Corso joined by Ben Lieber from US Bank Stadium. Another huge win for your Minnesota Vikings, 3-0 and in the last three games against divisional opponents, 4-5 and on the season, and it seems like the playoff run is starting to happen out of absolutely nowhere, and all things are really falling into place, Ben.
1: Yeah, they really are. I mean, the last time, or two games ago, in this in this stadium here at US Bank Stadium, as I'm sitting here, um, you know, it, it would have been appropriate for for the fans if they were here to, to boo this team as they played the Atlanta Falcons. And you know, it's amazing how just a few weeks down the road, as we approach a game against the Dallas Cowboys in the afternoon, basically prime time on Sunday, if the fans were here they would pack this place and be at a fever pitch because not only is the team that you either love or hate coming into this building, but you've got a team now in the Minnesota Vikings that my gosh, is stacking wins as Eric Kendricks would say, they just keep stacking up these wins. They keep building some confidence. They found an identity on offense. The defense out of nowhere is, is no longer a, an obvious liability Uh, They're putting together some great games on the road. And yes, out out of nowhere, all of a sudden now, you've got a team that is playing playoff football right now. And because of the extra team that you're going to allow in the playoffs, this is very much a team that's going to contend for that playoff spot.
3: The story of the night was Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. Safe to say the Monday night, Football monkey is off of his back. He was 0-9 heading into this game on Monday Night Football, has had his struggles against the Chicago Bears, but he's 25-36, of 292 yards, two scores, a great passer rating. And, and really, what did this win mean for Kirk? We make fun of that little celebration that he did at the end there when Kyle Rudolph gets that big first down to kind of seal the game. But what does it mean for him? You love to see that emotion come out of the Vikings quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the sort of intensity I think everybody wants to see. And I think that's when he plays his best is when he's he's playing a little, a little fiery. You know, he's got his hair on fire a little bit, playing a little pissed off, got a little of that competitive edge to him. That's what people want to see. And whatever it takes to get to that moment, I, I think he needs to continue that process on game day. And what I like is, I do think it gets driven in the ground a lot when we just talk about quarterbacks and stuff, but, Hey, we got to get this guy into a rhythm. How about some, some, some short quick throws to get this guy in a rhythm and then he can start to feel himself. Well, that seems to be the MO for, for Kirk cousins. And it all depends on the run game, which, you know, again, really wasn't there today. It was very much a grinded out sort of fashion. Um, And, and he just took what the defense was going to give him, you know, a little check down to CJ Ham a little, a little check down here to, to Dalvin cook, a little short throw here and there. And then all of a sudden you do start to feel a little bit of confidence brewing. And, and that opened up everything more in the second half. And so I thought it was a, it was a sound game plan. I'm not going to say it was perfect. You know, I thought we were a little bit too predictable on first down in the first half, we became too predictable on second down in the second half, but we made some adjustments and, um, we started to be more productive on uh, on first down throughout the rest of the game, which really opened up the options and kept the defense on their heels.
3: The last time Kirk was at Soldier Field, the Vikings only scored six points. It ended in a crazy national media story with him talking with Thielen and having some sort of apology after the game. Today it was different. He had Justin Jefferson for eight catches, 135 yards, tying a Randy Moss rookie franchise record. And Thielen, while he did have that tough, Kind of handover interception to the Bears defense. He had two touchdowns, a one-handed grab, as well as a huge touchdown for the go-ahead lead at the end of the game. So, what did when, when Kirk has two wide receivers who can do these kind of things? How does that help him really take that next step and 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 have this Vikings offense have so much success?
1: You know, I, I think first and foremost it gives him a cleaner read pre-snap. You know, now now he can see safeties and where they're going to go. He can actually be a little bit more proactive in his thinking and, you know, think about if you just have one guy and, and this was even, even early in the season when, when Justin Jefferson hadn't emerged yet, you saw defenses really shading over to Adam Thielen on, on third downs in critical situations. And I think that really handcuffed our offense. And then all of a sudden you add one extra player on the outside and now you put their safeties in conflict. Now they have to tip their hand a little bit more. And now before the ball is even snapped, he knows more more than more likely than not where the ball is going to end up. And, and just that little advantage is sometimes all you need to play fast. And, and so, you know, Justin Jefferson, um, for everything that he's doing after the catch um, he's just as important uh, before the ball's even snapped.
3: The other story of the game was the Vikings defense three games in a row, where it seems like they're really starting to improve each week. They only allowed 108 Total passing yards to Nick Foles pretty much held them in check. No touchdowns for him at all in this game. So what have they been doing differently during this win streak that has really allowed this kind of play out of so many young players?
1: Well, I really think you saw them simplify against Green Bay. You know, the they played much more cover two, true two high safeties. Um, you know, and and that allows most defenders to play much faster because a cover two scheme is pretty much what people, that's a, that's a base defense that you put in a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of different levels as far as high school, college, and the NFL. And not much changes. I mean, there's some nuance to things here and there, but you know, that's just one example of just how they simplified the defense. And then from there, um, you know, they still play their cover threes and their cover fours, which is really what, what Dimmer wants to play. But I think he took, took out a lot of the, the thinking of it. I think it's more of a true cover four scheme now when they want to play that. And, and so I think you've seen a simplified defense, although today with a lot more pressures and a lot more blitzing that now he's starting to layer up this defense again. Now he's starting to add some more wrinkles and, and that's going to give a lot more offenses things to look at because they say, well, we've got to, we've got to play against their fast aggressive base defense. And now even with these young guys, now we got to watch out for these linebacker blitzes. We've got to watch what Harrison Smith is doing all of a sudden again, And now you start to make this defense a little bit more vibrant. It feels alive right now. And and I think that's a good thing. As long as we can keep this momentum going and keep the confidence going, uh, we can start building off of those efforts.
3: Vikings defense is clicking, but also you and I are clicking on this show because my next question, you led me right to it. It's the pressure of the Vikings. The young players on this Vikings uh, defensive front have really created this pressure. Harrison Smith talked about it after the game. It allows them to, to really succeed in that cover four, uh defense that they have. But one player I want to ask you about is DJ Wanham. He had another mm-hmm. sack the game and he had another huge kind of pressure at the end of the game um, to kind of seal the win for the Vikings. So what are you seeing in, in his improvement week to week?
1: Well, first off, you know they really liked him coming out of college because he has a lot of the same measurables as Deniel Hunter, and I think we all understand what what Andre Patterson did with Deniel and it continues to do with Deniel. And so I think from a physical standpoint, they say they see a lot of the same things. You know, big hands, big arms, uh, long arms, and uh, and he plays with great separation. And and he was a three-four outside linebacker in college and and didn't put his hand down as much, and and that just proves to you as an athlete that. Man, if you, can, if you can generate a burst and an explosion out of a two-point stance, you most definitely can get a little bit more of a burst out of a three-point. You just, you just generate more leverage um, coming out of a three-point stance. So they liked what he was doing out of a two-point in college, and you can quickly transition that into a three-point stance. And so he, he has everything you're looking for, and, and it sounds like he's a student of the game too. He's learning uh, just like Neil. Uh, learning exactly where he's got to be learning on his edges and his angles. And uh, the whole front fours is playing disciplined. And I think that's the benefit of having young players. Sometimes is sometimes is they're not going to try to do anything extra. You know, uh, Everson Griffin is a prime example. He's going to make a lot of plays, but what people don't realize that a lot of veteran guys want to cheat the defense. You know, they want, they see something. They're like, okay, I'm going to take a guess here and do something else. And sometimes you play outside of what the defense is being called to do, and you can hurt the defense. But with young players, they don't want to make mistakes. They don't want to get yelled at in meetings. So um, these guys are just doing what they're coached to do, and they're doing a, an excellent job of it.
3: Last question on the Vikings defense. Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, handed off the play calling duties to his offensive coordinator for the first time. And it seemed like some of those gadget plays that the vikings were were kind of getting killed by the bears in recent years I, I know it's a different quarterback, but it seems like it was a little stagnant a lot of injuries on that offense as well but did you see any differences from an xs and o standpoint from a different guy calling the place
1: you know not as much you know i i feel like i feel like early part of the game it was it was kind of similar you see you see a a college football feel to it. A lot of quick throws to the outside, um, kind of, kind of a gimmicky look and they're not holding on the ball very long. A lot of half field reads. Um, you know, I didn't see as as much motion pre-snap as I thought I was going to see, but really the same sort of things kind of, kind of came out there. They, they gave Nick Foles um, just a lot of, like I said, a lot of layered routes just to one side. It'd be a guy in the flat, a guy intermediate, a guy running deep. And, that's really easy for a quarterback because you never really have to look to the backside. You don't have to scan the field. Now your progression is all within your own eyesight. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of just base elementary stuff. And so I, I feel bad for them because I don't think that they, they have in exactly what they want to put in. And, um, and now what, you know, given the foals injury, they might be even more vanilla and even more simplified.
3: Vikings defense certainly took advantage one side of the ball that did not take advantage in this game was the special teams, which was a major issue for the second straight week for the Vikings. You heard head coach Mike Zimmer after the game say that they are really uh, kind of making him older by the play. So what needs to like what needs to be fixed and can it be fixed going forward on the Vikings special teams.
1: Well, it gets tough, you know, because, you know, you look at you look at kickoff team and, you know, in the NFL, you know, given given the injuries that the Vikings have, you don't put a lot of starters on special teams. But I think in a conventional year where you didn't have to worry about the covid related stuff and you didn't have to worry about all the injuries that the Vikings defense has already had, you would put some more you'd substitute one or two of these guys and put in a starter. And and maybe that just changes sort of the intensity of what the kickoff team looks like. Same thing with punt team, you know, game ago, we had some, you know, punt issues. And as far as protection goes, maybe you swap in a couple starters there uh, to send a message. And and I just don't think that that's going to happen because you, you really have to take care of your, the health of your veterans uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So I, it's just going to come down to probably a butt chewing by, by Zim. I mean, I don't know how, how much he's in the special teams meetings, but he's going to possibly have to make a, uh, an appearance in there for every meeting, uh, making sure that, that uh, Maloof understands that he's being watched. And there's a certain level of accountability that just has to take place. And um, I, I, I guess we'll just have to see what happens. And, and when you look at the, the issues going on with Austin Cutting, Listen, I, I don't have any excuses. I have no reasons why a guy that you get paid really well and really handsomely to do one job, and the only thing that changes is the depth of your snap, and that's it. Whether you're kicking a field goal, that's a certain depth. Whether you're 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 uh, you're punting, that's a longer depth. That's it. You, you do the same thing all, all week long. There, there's there's no reason, unless there's a, a major hidden injury that he's he's playing through that you shouldn't be able to do your job uh, every Sunday.
3: Huge win for the Vikings. We all know what's coming up on the Vikings schedule between the Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Panthers, some pretty uh, easy games to say the least, hopefully if if the Vikings can keep this going. But do you believe in your heart that the Vikings have a chance to make a playoff run here at 4-5 and heading into the next week of the season?
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, I don't want I don't want to get ahead of myself here, and 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 all of a sudden think that this team is is uh you know Super Bowl bound by any means. But I I just I like the approach. I mean, I think you can hear it in the things that they're saying, in the the way that they say it. There's a there's a tone about these guys that I think that they're obviously happy with what what's going on and they're confident, but they also know that you know they're still they're still hovering above the fire a little bit. You know, they they still have to keep that intensity. They have to keep that level of of, of doubt that like man can can we do it like and you got to go out and prove it you know every day that you go out and practice and it seems like they they're keeping that fire and that hunger and and I think that's good so as long as they can do that given their schedule and I think I had I think I saw somewhere they had one of the, one of the easiest remaining schedules in the NFL and um hey I'll I'll take it at this point you know build up that record uh keep keep beating the teams within the division And uh, and get yourself in the playoffs, and as everybody knows, you you just never know what's going to happen there. It's always the team that just catches on fire and gets hot in December, and if we can keep this run going, we'll definitely be one of the hottest
3: teams in the NFL. You heard it from Ben Lieber. He is cautiously optimistic, and he certainly knows how tough it is to get a win at Soldier Field. I think the no fans probably played a little bit into that as well, Ben, but thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it did a little bit, but – That's still a a weird place, and weird things can happen with or without fans.
3: Let's keep it rolling here and get into the post-game sound. We bring in Vikings.com Cy Amundsen, Gabe Henderson, and we're starting this segment off with the head coach victory speech from Soldier Field. Let's hear from head coach Mike Zimmer in the locker room following the game. We're getting better. Three division wins
2: in a row, right? right? All right. So I heard it all week long, right? Oh and nine on Monday night. We've
3: worked our rear ends on. Get back
4: into this thing, right? We got to keep going now. You like how this tastes? Yeah, You
2: like that?
3: That was Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer from the locker room, a victorious locker room. Let's hear him up at the podium addressing the media following the game. Hey, Mike, uh, Kirk was 10 of 11 against the, the number one ranked third uh, down defense there. What did you see from him in those critical situations? Well, you know, I thought he, I thought he played really uh, fast, uh, which is important for him. Uh, he was extremely accurate. Um, you know, he got the ball in the right places all, all night. Um, and I just felt like he, he did um, a really good job of, uh, of handling what, what the defense was giving us. Not every week do you hear the head coach praise the Vikings quarterback. So I'm going straight to you, Gabe, with this one. Kirk was asked to do a lot for the Vikings offense tonight, and Coach Zimmer said he did exactly what he wanted him to do. Do you think we will ask more of Kirk Cousins as the season rolls on and we try to go on this playoff run?
0: I think you continue to tell Kirk to continue to be himself. Right now, we know Dalvin Cook is is the identity of this offense. And all you need from Kirk right now is just be consistent and be decisive. And that's what he's been the past three weeks. Today, 25, 25 of 36, 292 yards. That That's decisive if you ask me. No, no, Not many big plays down the field. He didn't make any big mistakes. That one uh, interception, that wasn't his fault throughout this entire game, throughout the entire past three weeks, he's been decisive. And that's all you ask heading into, you know, the future of these games. And if he, if he does that, I think this Vikings offense will continue to have success.
2: Yeah. I think normally if the quarterback doesn't make any mistakes, Zimmer's a happy guy, you know, I I know there was the turnover, like Gabe mentioned that clearly wasn't on cousins. And, And so just from a base standpoint, if, the, the quarterback doesn't make mistakes. Coach Zimmer's going to be happy. I think when you take no mistakes from that position and you stack 290-some-odd some odd yards on top of it and a couple of big throws and in, important moments, of course he's going to be thrilled. That w- it was everything you needed from Kirk tonight as a head coach.
3: Success for the Vikings offense. Now let's move over to the Vikings defense, who has been on a hot streak. For three games in a row, they held Nick Foles to 15 of 26 and just 106 passing yards on the night. He was intercepted once in this game by the hitman Harrison Smith. Let's hear from Harry following the game at the podium. Hey Harrison, in the second half, they went. The Bears went three and out on four straight drives. I think it was. Um, What do? You, what did you see on that? Was it just like them losing momentum and? getting flustered. I mean, how how, how was that possible uh, from the defensive perspective?
4: Um, <clears throat> You know, the guys up front were doing a great job. Um, D-line linebackers uh, were doing a great job in the run game. So we were able to do some things on the back end to, to um, you know, help take away Robinson and stuff like that. Um, you know, he's, he's a really good player. They, you know, they got guys that can make plays. But when you're doing a good job stopping the run, then you're not always having to get a safety involved um it really opens up your whole play calling sheet and, you know everybody the players did a great job the coaches called it a great game uh, they had us ready to go prepared and um it was just a good team
2: following
3: up on that when they're when you guys are playing so much too deep were you surprised that they didn't try to run on you guys a little bit more that allowed you to kind of stay in that um i mean
4: they did and they were you know they got a couple plays like four or five you know six seven yard gains and um Then we'd kind of get, we'd we'd get a a minus yardage play or something like that um, to get them into, there wasn't a ton of third and shorts. Um, You know, there's a couple like third and fours, maybe a a third and two or something. But, um, you know, we like our play calls when we can get people backed up a little bit.
3: Well, Cy, you heard it there from Harrison Smith. He's been on a lot of successful Vikings defenses throughout the years with the vikings and he had his 26th interception in this game he credits the young pass rush there from harrison smith so without many monster names and a lot of young players on that defensive front are they starting to get it done
2: I, i mean chris we hammer this every single week i hammer this every single week I'm really excited about this year. Now that we're back in the thick of things and we have a chance to make a run here, I think that's fantastic. But the thing I'm really, really excited about is these young guys getting a chance to make a name for themselves. And you saw Afadi getting under full skin tonight. You saw uh, Wanam quietly put together a game full of pressures. Hercules Mata'afa got through and made a play tonight. So every single week, I mean... Uh, Harrison hit it on the head five, six weeks ago. You couldn't find a a pass rush if you had a a flashlight and a magnifying glass. (laughs) They're getting into the backfield and they're making a few plays. And I think it's good for this run right now and what we're trying to do. But as a Viking fan, you have got to be outside of your mind with excitement when you think, oh, and then we're going to bring Daniil Hunter back you know, and then we'll have Anthony Barr back, you know, having a young base on this line. Oh, and then we're going to bring Michael Pierce into the fold. This is a really, really good thing for right now. And it's a really, really good thing as we walk into the future.
0: And it's so great seeing these young guys have the success early, right? You, you, you talk about those guys that are out, that, that have, you know, made a name for themselves in this Vikings on this Vikings defense. But now you bring in a guy, these young guys, DJ Wanham, that you just talked about. Now that they're starting to make a name for themselves and we're starting to get wins, it, it's, it's starting to all come together. And it's, it's only going to be bright, a bright future for these young guys in this, in this Vikings defense. To get 12 QB hits today, with the defensive line that we have, with the, all the injuries that we have, I, I think I think Mike Zimmer's happy.
3: We touched on the young players in the Vikings' defense, the young player in the Vikings' offense that continues to put up big game after big game, tying Randy Moss's franchise record from 1998 in this one with at least 100 yards in four games in his rookie career. Let's hear from Justin Jefferson as he talked about his teammate, Adam Thielen, who had two
2: touchdowns on the day. What did you make of Adam's one-handed catch? Big. That was that was
0: a great catch uh, with with contact and, and difficulty. Difficulty level is definitely a, a nine out of 10. And uh, I, I got to give me a one-hander this year too. <laughs> that was Just, only a nine out of 10 on the difficulty? Nine out of 10. Nine out of 10. I've I seen some diff, difficult ones. I'll give it a nine. You're going to tell him that? <laughs> I'll tell him that right now when I go in there. <laughs>
3: Gabe, when you have a guy like Thielen out there alongside Jefferson, how does it really help him grow and continue to have these huge games so early in his career?
0: I think Thielen is a, is a lead-by-example guy. So it, it shows Jefferson, if he really wants to uh, be a leader, he has to make plays and he has, to show with, he has to show it with his actions. Justin Jefferson, when you think of Monday night football, some of, those, some of those games are too big for those young guys. And Adam Thielen, having a guy like Adam Thielen basically saying, hey, you're you're built for this this receiver core we're built for this this is what we're made for this is this is when we shine the lights are on us we're on our icy whites tonight hey let, let's make some plays and Justin Jefferson I, I feel like he just rides Adam Thielen's leadership and he leads by example and and I feel like that's been showing in Justin Jefferson's game seeing him get up you know talk a little bit of trash a 22 year old receiver talking to a 30 year old man that's two times the size like that's leadership and and you know, seeing Justin Jefferson provide that juice for this offense, that was huge to see. And I'm so excited to see what his future
2: holds. Yeah, I, you know, and this wasn't your typical rookie 135-yard game, I guess if there is such a thing. But this it, it, it wasn't against the Detroit Lions in week four with three catches where he got behind the defense twice, and that's how the numbers racked up. This is, this is and was the biggest game of the Vikings season. You lose this game, there's not much of a road walking forward. You win it with the schedule in front of you. You got a real shot at the playoffs here. And they walked into Soldier Field, a place where they and their quarterback struggle, and they clearly built a game plan around a a rookie wide receiver. He had 10 targets, eight receptions, but 10 targets. Rudolph and Thielen had 12 between them. Do you know what sort of trust that means they have in a 22-year-old wide receiver? Do you know what confidence that means they have in a 22-year-old wide receiver? And he rewarded them by playing fantastic throughout the night. So I think it's great that he and Thielen are playing off one another. But I, I just can't speak any higher of Justin Jefferson given, given those numbers.
3: All right, Cy. Well, speaking of numbers, we're going to try something new on the Vikings postgame report. It's called By the Numbers, where we talk about a few of the biggest numbers from the game. And we're starting out with a big one. 63. 63 giant yards for tight end Kyle Rudolph. Gabe, every catch for him was big in this game. Might not have been the most yards for a tight end, but you have an angle here.
0: Yeah, we knew we coming to this game, we knew this Bears defense were, you know, a really good run defense, giving up only 114 yards per game, rushing yards per game, and last week, holding Derrick Henry to 68 yards per game. So I tweeted before the game, hey, my ex-factor this week, because I know Dalvin Cook isn't going to have a day, Kyle Rudolph, this tight end group, because those guys are going to have to make big plays. The last three weeks, the Chicago Bears had given up 11 catches, 111 yards for three touchdowns in the past three weeks, two tight ends. In their nine games this year, before tonight, they had given up 54 catches, 474 yards, three touchdowns to tight ends, and I knew that Kyle Rudolph and those guys would have to have a big day. Four catches, 63 yards, Kyle Rudolph, I think that was huge in helping this Vikings offense um, have some success. We saw that last, well, the second-to-last drive of the game, Kyle Rudolph had a 22-yard catch, stays in bounce, adds on to the, to the number total, and basically keeps the game going, and And if you really look at, you know, just the numbers, I think this was Kyle Rudolph's best game statistically all year. And it was his best overall game we've seen from him all season.
3: That 22-yard catch brought about probably one of the corniest celebrations I've ever seen. From Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, which is great to see. I
2: thought he was going to literally boil over. He looked like, you know, those stress toys that you squeeze and then the bulge comes out of them. That's what it looked like was going to happen to his human skin. Uh, yeah, I got to give Gabe credit here because Gabe knew it. Uh, one of my really good friends, Chad, texted me before the game. He knew it. He's a, he's a gambler. He's a Vegas guy. And he was like, "This the, the, the Kyle Rudolph line was two and a half catches and 25 and a half yards. And wow. he was screaming about it. And you guys were right. He was the X factor. And uh, every single one of those four catches and 63 yards proved to be really, really important.
3: The next number is 58. The Vikings were 58% on offense, on third down, Gabe. Eight of 15 on third down.
0: Three catches by Justin Jefferson on third down. Two catches by Adam Thielen on third down to turn into two, well, his only two touchdowns of the game. And coming to this game, the, the Bears' defense with the first-ranked third-down defense, only giving up 31, only allowing teams 31% conversion rate on third down. Only 40 conversions on third down all year out of 123 now they've been up against so hats off to this Vikings offense that basically you know when the, when the game got going they, they stepped up to the task and we knew the Vikings they weren't that great on third down coming into this game they were 25th ranked overall only converting about 39 40 percent of their third down so hats off to those guys Kirk Cousins we talked about it in the beginning it was decisive those guys made plays there weren't really many big plays down the field it was a lot of yards after catch and it stepped up when it needed it
2: most. Yeah, I think that was the thing that I noticed about this game that really stood out compared to previous games in Soldier Field was that exact situation, Gabe, the the third down conversion rate. I don't know how many times I've watched this exact football game, mm-hmm. but instead we went two for 15 or three for 15. So to see them go out there and convert as many times as they did and in, in as many important moments, I think that really tells the, the story of this victory.
0: And you know what helped? How many times did we see the Vikings going five wide tonight? I think I've seen them go five wide tonight more than they've done all season. And they did that with multiple sets, with two tight end sets, no running back. So you got two tight ends, C.J. Ham, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. They were confusing the defense. Roquan Smith, they didn't know how to cover that. They didn't see that on the film. So hats off to Gary Kubiak for executing uh, those play calls
3: and, and scheming, scheming this defense up well. The other thing that Gary Kubiak schemed was this last number, the largest number, probably the most important number, 292. 292 passing yards. Kirk Cousins. Kubiak.
0: Yep. The Bears pass defense, seven best in the NFL, only giving up 218 yards a game. The last time someone had threw for over 250 yards against them, Week one, Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins tonight, twenty five of thirty six, two hundred and ninety two yards. We know this this Vikings offense; they don't throw the ball a lot. They they run the ball what fifty one percent of the time, second most in the NFL. So Kirk Cousins basically being decisive, actually you know moving in the pocket, making plays on you know making plays when he had to, and just finding the open man. I, I think that was the recipe for success because. We were trying to figure out, all right, well, if Dalvin Cook can't run the ball, how are we going to score? And Kirk Cousins knuckled and dimed down the field, and he was great on third down, and he was great throwing the ball tonight.
2: We talked about it on the Thursday show, Chris. We've talked about it a bunch of times in the last year and a half. This was one of those games that I thought Kirk Cousins was going to have to step up and win. You had a quiet game from Dalvin Cook that actually turned into a pretty productive game quietly. I think he ended near 100 yards, but – Kirk, this wasn't going to be a 430 yards and four touchdown performance, but it needed to be 290 plus yards. He needed those couple of touchdowns. He needed those big throws. And it's fun as a Viking fan to be sitting here talking about him having came through. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a really big, really big win for the organization and hopefully for the rest of the season moving forward. Hopefully this gives everybody the confidence to roll what happened here tonight into next week and, and all the weeks after.
3: Huge win for the Vikings. They move to four and five on the season with another division win, the third straight division win in a row. And next week, the Vikings play the Dallas Cowboys for the second consecutive season, defeating the Dallas Cowboys last year, 28-24 to on Sunday Night Football in November. They'll take them on again coming up this week at U.S. Bank Stadium in their purple jerseys, color rush jerseys at U.S. Bank Stadium. So we will see you then as the Vikings look to make their continued playoff push for Cy Amundsen, Ben Lieber, and Gabe Henderson. This is Chris Corso, and this was the Vikings.com Post Game Report.